0: It's daily thunder, thundering out the truth of Jesus Christ live every morning from the Ellerslie campus in Windsor, Colorado. To learn more about our discipleship programs or to support this podcast, visit ellerslie.com. Now, here's Nathan Johnson. Good to see you all. Uh, Yesterday, we started a little mini-series that we're walking through this week, and uh, we're looking at this idea of just intimacy and knowing Jesus. And uh, what I want to do, if you have your Bibles, Philippians chapter 3 is where where I'd like you to turn. Philippians chapter 3. Uh, I want to do a quick review of yesterday, and then I want to take what we were talking about yesterday and bring it into our passage here in Philippians chapter 3. And again, uh, if you ever come to Ellerslie, this is one of those sessions that I, I I always walk through, and the reasoning is, is I think for me, this concept has been so foundational in my life, uh, it has become such a hallmark of what God is doing in my own personal soul. And, uh, and as such, over the last you know, decade and a half, um, God just keeps drawing me deeper and deeper into the realities of what this concept is, and as I've been looking at this new year, uh, this really is my passion on this new year, is to really run after Jesus and have the fullness of this kind of knowledge. Uh, so yesterday, <clears throat> we were looking at three different kinds of knowledge, uh, at least given to us in, in, in the New Testament. And again, there's other words to the word knowledge, but all of them kind of stem from these three main words. Again, one of them is the word nostos, uh, which has this idea of facts and data and information. So you pick up a piece of newspaper, you read a, read a headline, and the headline says the president had tea with the queen. And again, it causes jealousy in your life because you've always wanted to have tea with the queen. And, uh, you, you know, you're, but how do you know that that took place? Oh, I, I read a headline. So it's not that you actually know the queen personally, it's, it's not that you, you, know, you had time with the president, it's not that you, know, you, you, know, you, you sipped their tea beforehand to make sure it wasn't poisonous, you know, all that kind of stuff. It's, it's not that you've had any interaction. The reason you know that is because you, you, it's facts, it's data, it's information, right? Two plus two is still four as far as I know, right? How do I know that? Well, it's just, it's data, it's, it's information, that kind of thing. I was just told that in Colorado this morning, it's 18 degrees. Now, I have experienced that, (laughs) because we are in the middle of it. Uh, But that's information, right? It's just details, that kind of thing. So that's nostos, fact, stated information. Uh, The other word for the word knowledge is the word oida, uh, which which has this idea of perception, has this idea of sight, uh, has this idea of understanding. Uh, so someone says, hey, does that make sense to you? And you go, oh, yeah, I see it, right? It's that kind of an idea. It's, it's a knowledge in the sense of that you've perceived it. Perceived it. It's, it's a knowledge in the sense that uh, you're not seeing it physically, but you're seeing it mentally. The light bulb's turned on, all the crayons are in the box, or however you want to talk about all that, right? So, so it's, a, it's a perception. It's a sight thing. And then the other word that we were looking at yesterday is the word gnosko. And again, gnosko is probably my favorite Greek word, uh, not just because of the word, it's, just the, it's the concept. Uh, where "nostos" is facts, data, information, Oida is perception and understanding. Gnosko is this idea of knowing something, but knowing it through experience, through relationship, by participating, that kind of a thing. Uh, to use the earlier, er, earlier illustration this morning, uh, I was told it's 18 degrees. Well, that's, that's good to know. So I put on my short sleeve shirt and I go, all right, it's 18 degrees, not a big deal. And I walk outside. Now I'm experiencing 18 degrees. That's totally different than being told it's 18 degrees. Uh, yesterday we used the illustration of this speed limit thing. And of course I was corrected afterwards and said, technically you are experiencing 35 miles an hour when you're driving the 35 miles an hour. I said, I know that. I like my illustration better. Right? That I can see a sign that says 35 miles an hour, and it's information to me. And yes, I am experiencing it if I'm driving 35 miles an hour. (laughs) But well, hey, when I get pulled over and I get a ticket for $247, I have experienced that speed limit. And now I know that speed limit on a whole nother level. How do I know it? Well, it's because I've, I've participated, I've, I've experienced, I've, I've faced that consequence. Is that better? Okay, good. <laughs> right? So there's that idea. So if you take that idea, the nastos, the oida, the gnosko, if you, if you understand those kinds of knowledge, now again, in your spiritual life, all three of those are important. You, you should know the Bible academically. Hey, you should know Jesus academically, Hey, you, you should know his character and his nature and his and his heartbeat. And how, how are you going to learn that? Well, you're going to have to learn that academically at some level. But that's going to be insufficient. And we're going to keep talking about this this week. Uh, you should oida God. You should have a perception. You should have an understanding. There should be a sight, Not again, not physical. There should be a sight, though, of your understanding of who he is, his will, his purpose, his plan, his word, and there should be an understanding in that sense. Uh, again, you, you need a gnosko. So it's not a diminishment of the three. As much as, as, it, as it is to say, you realize that out of the three, there is one that seems to be far more important. If, you, if you're going to emphasize in one direction, emphasize in this direction, which would be knowing him in the sense of not just information, but the intimacy idea. Knowing him in the sense of participating with him. Him in the sense of experiencing his very life. And personally, that has radically changed my life over these last 15 years. That the moment I grabbed a hold of this idea, that that thing has just turned me upside down. Because all growing up in church, it's, it's always been information and memorize the books of the Bible, and you know, do Bible quizzing and you know, and pay your tithes and do and do the activities of a Christian, which are not bad and evil, but you realize that the activities are not. Is not what's going to save me. What's going to save me? Jesus, who's a person. Which is why we were mentioning yesterday in John 17, 3, Jesus said, this is eternal life. Oh, that you have information about me. No. This is eternal life, says Jesus, when you gnosco me. Hey, when you begin to experience my life and when my character just invades yours and and your heart is shifted, your mind is transformed and your very being is just, has encountered the living God. That, hey, hey, if you're going to have eternal life, you've got to get tight with Jesus. And whether you go to heaven or hell is not determined by how much information you have. Because, hey, you could be the smartest person on earth, know all the Bible quizzing facts, still die and go to hell. Why? Because that's not what determines, determines heaven and hell. What determines heaven and hell? Relationship. The experience. The intimacy. Now, if you take all of that and come into Philippians chapter 3, there's just this phenomenal concept That just uh, has excited me over the years. And what I'd like to do is uh, I just want to give you the context of the passage. And I I just want to read from uh, Philippians chapter 3, verse 4, down through verse 11. Uh, So if you have your Bibles, follow along. Paul says at the end of verse 4 of chapter 3, he says, If any other man thinks that he has reason to trust in the flesh, I have more. And then he begins to list his credentials. He says, I was circumcised, verse 5, on the eighth day of the stock of Israel, the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of Hebrews. Concerning the law, I was a Pharisee. Concerning zeal, I persecuted the church. Concerning the righteousness which is in the law, I was blameless. Verse 7, but what things were gained to me, I have counted these things to be loss for the sake of Christ. Yes, certainly, I count everything as loss for the excellence of the knowledge of Christ Jesus, my Lord, for whom I have forfeited the loss of all things and count them as rubbish that I may gain Christ and be found in him not having my own righteousness which is from the law but that which is through faith in Christ the righteousness which is of God on the basis of faith look at verse 10 to know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings being conformed to his death if somehow I might make it to the resurrection of the dead what an incredible passage. Uh, Paul is listing his credentials, and he's basically saying in verse 4 that, hey, if you think you have a reason to boast, hey, if, if you think you're something, woo, if, man, if you just think you've got it all put together, let me tell you about myself. Now, as you look at his credentials, <laughs> my guess is none of you are going to be impressed because you're like, whoa, well done. Well, well done, Paul. You were circumcised on the eighth day. Well done. Hey, you're from Israel, the tribe of Benjamin. yet yeah, you're a Hebrew. Woo, you persecuted. Hey, you're a Pharisee. Right? We don't, we don't, as in our culture, we don't look at that stuff and go, ooh, great guy. Right? <laughs> but in his day and age, <clears throat> this was big stuff. Uh, in other words, if I was to put in our modern day language, it's like Paul is pulling out his resume and he's saying, hey, look, I, I had the right education. Hey, I trained under the right professors. Uh, I had the right degrees. I had the right family upbringing. I had the right, you know, background. I, hey, I got the letterman's jacket. I got the awards. I got the trophies. I got the, I had the right internship, and I, I got the great job, and I, hey, I had the, and Paul basically is saying, hey, I'm the best, the best, the best, the best, the best, and uh, hey, I, I, hey, if you think you can boast, hey, I've, my life's been pretty good. I, I got this thing put together. And we know in other places he says, I'm the chief of sinners, and that's true, and all that kind of stuff. But in the context of what he's trying to articulate here in Philippians chapter 3, he's trying to remove any option you have of boasting and saying, well, yeah, I I have merit in and of myself. Because Paul says, well, hey, if you think you've got merit in and of yourself, if someone has a right to say that, it really should be me. Because, hey, I'm the best of the best of the best of the best, and I'm the right background, education, and whatever, whatever, whatever. But listen to what Paul says. And here's his whole point in verse 7. What things were gained to me, I now have counted these things to be loss for the sake of Christ. He says, all growing up, I, I looked at my list of the, my right education and the right background and the right family and, and growing up where I did and, and having the to tutors and having the internships and having the letterman's jacket and having the best of the best of the best. He says, I used to look at that and just go, whoa, that's going to be my profit and whoa, that's going to get me into the right schools and, and that's going to get me to the right job and hey, I'm going to be the CEO. and you know, Here I am, I've always looked at this and this is going to be a gain to me. He says, but in light of Jesus, I now look at my resume and count this all as loss. So again, it goes back to the whole point where, hey, if you think you have merit in and of yourself and you think you can handle this outside of Jesus, Paul says, what are you talking about? If, if here I am and I had all the right background and I'm willing to toss that aside, if I'm willing to look at all this and just kind of go, whatever, in light of Jesus, because, hey, that, that, that has no merit in my life, what's going to have merit in my life? Jesus. Well, then you better be saying that too. In fact, Paul gets really strong in verse 8. And again, he says, here I am, the best, the best, the best, the best. But hey, if you were to present that to me, verse 7 again, what things I originally thought was gain, I have counted loss for the sake of Christ. Verse 8, yes, indeed, I count everything as a loss for the excellence of the knowledge of Christ Jesus, my Lord. In fact, he says, at the end of verse 8, I count these things as rubbish that I may gain Christ. Uh, that word rubbish is fascinating in the Greek. It's skybolon. And uh, it's, it's not just the idea of rubbish. I don't know what you think of when you hear rubbish. Uh, most of us think like trash, right? Uh, it's just put it in the rubbish bin, you know, that kind of an idea. Uh, but rubbish here, that word in Greek, uh, is so strong. In fact, it's, it, is, it is as close to being a swear word As you probably could get, I mean it's an it's an intense word, and the word, the little idea of the word skybolon, is this idea of dog doo doo. And again, it's an it's an intense word. In fact, what Paul is saying, again, is here I am, the best, the best, the best, the best, the best. And if you were to offer that to me, I would look at it and not just count it as loss. I would look at it and go, woo, dog dong. And that's how Paul actually sees his accomplishments and his education and his background and his awards and his letterman jackets and his trophies and and his achievements and whatever, whatever, whatever. He says, it's not that I just look at that and go, ah, I didn't need any more. It's not that he just sets it aside. He looks at it and it just has this foul odor to him. He looks at it and he just goes, why would I want that? He looks at it and goes, I'm going to dump that for the knowledge of Christ Jesus, my Lord. Now, Again, take what we've been talking about and bring it into this passage. You have to know what word he's referring to to have this even make any sense. Now, when I originally got into the passage, I said, well, surely he's using the word gnosko in the passage. Because, hey, I mean, to have the intimacy of Christ and to have the relationship with him and just that outstanding reality that we get to have as Christians, yeah, I would look at my whole background and just dump that whole thing in light of having intimacy with Jesus. But that's not what Paul's doing here in the passage which is crazy to me. Uh, the word that he uses here in verse 8, that, hey, he's willing to look at his background, he's willing to look at his education, he's willing to look at all of his achievement, and not just count it as a loss, but count it as dung, <clears throat> is for the knowledge, the nostos of Christ. Which, again, is the facts stated in the information stuff. So what Paul is telling us here, in verse 8, is, hey, I... Here I am, the best of the best of the best of the best, but I'm going to take all of that and dump it aside. In fact, I'm going to call it a loss. In fact, I'm going to call it dog dung in light of just having information about Jesus. In other words, if I I had a piece of newspaper and the headline on that newspaper said, Jesus is Lord, Paul says, that would be worth enough for me to look at my whole background and call it dog dung. And just, just to have information, just to have a little piece of newspaper that says Jesus is Lord. I don't know about you, that's crazy. Paul, you're, you're saying without any relationship, Paul, you're saying without uh, without anything else, just having information about Jesus, just having a detail about Jesus would be worth dumping your entire background, all your achievements, all, hey, all that kind of stuff. You're willing to dump all of that just for a newspaper headline paul says yep because he knows how good jesus is do you know how phenomenal god is i mean do you know how just tremendous and incredible and deep and profound and rich he is he is so good he is so phenomenal he is so tremendous he is so overwhelming That even if you didn't have any interaction with him, even if all you ever had was a piece of newspaper and it had one headline and it said, Jesus is Lord, that alone would be worth, according to Paul, taking your whole background and just dumping it and calling it dog dung. Now, I don't know about you, but that seems crazy. Isn't it? And I don't know about you, but would I be willing in my personal life to look at my education and my background and any achievements that I've attained, the letterman's jacket and the whatever and the whatever and the whatever, would I be willing to toss that all aside and say, you know what, it's worthless. Hey, that actually doesn't mean anything. In fact, there's this foul odor with it because it's it's just me. In the light of having a single piece of newspaper headline that says, Jesus is Lord. Now you do realize we have something in, in the Word of God that's far better than a single newspaper headline. I mean this is this is far better, <laughs> truth be told. But even if all you ever had was a single newspaper headline, would hey, would that be worth it to you? I love the stories that are coming out of places like China and North Korea. You know, these these people who don't have Bibles, they don't have training, they don't have, hey, they don't have the education kind of thing someone comes up to them and says, hey, hey, Jesus is God, and he loves you, and he's a true God, and hey, would you give your life to them? And they say, yeah, they're stirred, the Holy Spirit moves upon them, and they're just, oh, yeah, I, I need him. And that's all they ever know. And for the next 20 years, they're, they're hey, they have no information. <laughs> they, they don't have a Bible. Hey, they're, they're secluded, they're, they're, they don't have any pastors or teachers training them, and here they are off in the middle of somewhere, and And they're just being faithful to what they know, which is what? Jesus is Lord. And they spend 20 years of their life, and then finally one day, someone comes and they bring, brings them a Bible, and suddenly revelation expands, and they're like, wow, this is so good. But for those 20 years, could you imagine living your entire Christian life only knowing Jesus is Lord? All right, I'm going to live as if that's true. And they give their full life to that reality. What did they do? They looked at their past and called it all dung, in light of just having a single piece of newspaper thing. Now, we in the West have no clue what that is like. I don't know what that means. I've never experienced that kind of a thing before in my life. Why? Because, I've, hey, I've had the teachers and I've had the training and, hey, I've had the Word of God. And, but would I be willing to look at my past To look at my background, to look at my achievements, to look at my talent, to look at my family upbringing, to look at whatever it is that has built your life up to this point. And hey, would you be willing to set that aside? In fact, would you be willing to count it as a loss? In fact, would you be willing to look at that and go, "Whoa, there's a strong, nasty odor coming from this in light of just knowing information about Jesus? Why? Because God is so amazing. God is so rich. He is so phenomenal. He is so just over the top. He is just So that even if all I ever had was a piece of information, that piece of information is worth dumping my whole background and embracing him. I think Paul Paul somehow got a hold of that. Now, it's really important, though, that you don't stop there. Because as you come thundering into verse 10, Paul actually gives you his passion. Paul gives you his... uh, the thrust of his focus or his heart, it's, it's his one consuming desire. In fact, if you read Paul's letters, I mean, this is the undercurrent of all that Paul's been talking about. Now, again, you've you got to see this. Paul says, here I am, the best of the best of the best of the best of the best. And while that may be true, I'm going to look at that and count it as loss. I'm going to look at it and count it as rubbish, as dog dung, in light of just having information about Jesus. But Paul says in verse 10, he says, but I won't be satisfied with mere information. He says, yeah, I'm willing to dump all of that for a headline. He says, but I don't want to just live on a headline of Jesus. And he says in verse 10, he says, oh, my passion, my prayer, my consumption, my desire, my, my key focus is that I might know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings being conformed to his death. Paul says, I want to know him. And again, the word he uses there is the word gnosko. So think about what Paul's saying. He's saying, wow, here I am. I have the right education, the right background, the right family upbringing, the right achievements, the letterman's jacket, the whatever, whatever, whatever. So here I am, the best, the best, the best, the best. But if you were to take all of that and offer it to me, I would look at it and count it as, ugh, it's just, what would I want that for? That's just, it's a loss in my life. It was all human achievement. It's just, ugh, it's just me. So not only I'm going to call it a loss, I'm going to call it dog dung in light of just information about Jesus. But let me tell you, I'm not going to be satisfied with information about Jesus. Two plus two equals Jesus is not going to be sufficient in my life. Having a piece of newspaper that has a headline is going to be insufficient in my life. Because Paul says, do you know what my passion is? Oh, Do you know what my excitement is? Do you know what my one big desire is? It's to know him. Not just to know about him. It's not just to have details about him. Well, hey, that's not bad. It's not just, hey, can I have a perception of him? Paul says, you know what my passion is? Oh, to get wrapped up in intimacy with him. To actually know him. To experience him. To encounter him. To participate in the life of God. Isn't it awesome that we are told that we get to partake of the divine nature? That 2 Peter 1.3, that everything that we need for life and for godliness is found in Christ Jesus, our Lord, who now lives inside of us. And the reality of the Christian life is that I am in Jesus. And Jesus is in me. That's incredible. And now my life is being carried along by the indwelling of the Holy Spirit in my life. And no longer is it Nathan living his life for Jesus. Now it's Jesus The life of Jesus through the Spirit of God is coming inside of my life and is beginning to flow and move in my life and is bringing about his life in and through my own. What is that? That's this Gnosko idea. That somehow I am knowing him, but I'm not knowing about him as much as I am encountering him, as much as I'm experiencing him, as much as I'm just wrapped up in a relationship with him, as much as I'm having intimacy with him. And that is the reality of the Christian life. And yes, you should know about him. We're not downplaying that. But you realize, again, if all you, if all you ever had was information about him, I'm sorry, you're, that's, that's not going to get you into heaven. Matthew has this great passage. Jesus is talking. He says, hey, there are many in that day who going to say to me, Lord, Lord, hey, didn't we cast out demons? And didn't we do all these wonders in your name? And hey, didn't, hey, didn't we have a great ministry, Jesus? And obviously they did. Because I don't know about you, I mean, if I saw someone casting out demons and doing miracles and wonders and signs, and I would look at them and go, whoa, they got quite a ministry. But Jesus says, depart from me, for I never gnosko you. It's a scary thought, isn't it? That you get so wrapped up in ministry and get so wrapped up in the information and get so wrapped up in the activities that you miss the person. And Jesus says what's most important, hey, this is eternal life, that they might know, that they might gnosco you, the one true God in Jesus Christ whom you've sent. And it's not, again, it's not a diminishment of the activities. It's not a diminishment of the information. It's not a diminishment of any of that kind of stuff. But it's, hey, all of that is to drive you to having the intimacy and the relationship with him. Hey, if you've attended Sunday school for 37 years of your life, praise the Lord. Hey, if you're, if you're 90 years old and you've never missed a day of, uh, day of church, praise God. But that's not going to get you into heaven. What's going to get you into heaven? Oh, does he know you and do you know him? Hey, are you in him and is he in you? And are you wrapped up in this experience? Are you wrapped up in this encounter? Hey, are you participating? Hey, are you, Hey, do you have the relationship and the intimacy? Hey, that is what's going to matter. And, hey, I, I do not want to get before the throne room of God. And he starts looking down my list and goes, Woo, Nathan, oh, hey, well, yeah, you preached at Daily Thunders. and Oh, yeah, you, you, know, you taught at Ellerslie. And, and, hey, you cleaned the toilets and all this whatever you did. <clears throat> but, hey I, hey, I never had relationship with you. See, I never had intimacy with you. See, I do, I, I do not want that said. In fact, I'd rather have him say, Nathan, you're dumber than a rock and ugly too, and you've done absolutely nothing. But, hey, woo, at least we have relationship. I'd rather have that one said, which is probably more true anyway, you know, but hey, I'd rather have that one said. Why? Because, again, it's not a diminishment of activities or information, but this is all about relationship and intimacy and oneness, and Paul says, you know what, God is so good, God is so rich, God is so phenomenal, I would dump my background just to have information about him, but he says, but my passion and my desire, the throb of my heart is not just to have information, it's to have intimacy, it's not just to know about him. It's to actually have him. It's not just to have doctrine and, and be able to, to say the right things in church and no one to stand up and sit down. Paul says, you, you, do you know what I want? I, I want to have the living God dwelling inside of my life. Do you want that? Maybe I should say it this way. Do you have that? And if you don't have that, don't you want that? And if you do have that, don't you want more of that? Because what I found is that this idea of gnosco, which we're going to talk about more tomorrow, but this idea of gnosco only expands throughout the days. It gets better throughout the years. It deepens over time. Which means that how I know Jesus now, the relationship I have with Jesus now, the intimacy I have with Jesus now, should pale in comparison to what I'm going to have a year from now. And I do. I hey, I refuse at the end of this year to be the exact same person as I am now in terms of my relationship with Jesus. I don't. I don't want. I don't want to have the same relationship with Jesus. I want something better. I want something deeper. I want something richer. Why? Because that's the reality of this knowing. That it's not. Well, I'm. I've, I've. I'm known. I'm. I've got. I've got it. Check it off the list. Go on. Go on to the next thing. That, see. That's not in this idea. See, the concept is. Wow, I know him and I continue to get to know him and I deepen and it expands and it gets better and better and better and better and better. Which means how I know Jesus now should be far better than I knew him last year. And hey, if you look at my life 10 years ago, please don't do that, but if you looked at my life 10 years ago, wow, God's done, God's done a lot in my life. and Boy, I have deepened in Jesus. But hey, if you look at my life in the next 10 years, he has a lot to do with my life still. And he better deepen this thing and he better change it. And hey, if you think I love Jesus now, just give me some more time because this thing's just... I want this. And the same prayer that Paul has to know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings, being conformed to his death, should be the same yearning of our very being. Oh, to know him more. Well, pray with me. Lord... That is our cry. We want to know you. See, we don't want to just know about you. We want to know you. We don't want to have just facts and data and information. Well, that's not bad. We we don't want to be satisfied with the facts, the data, and the information. We want you. Lord, we don't want the details. We want you. Lord, we don't want Bible trivia. We want you. And Lord, it is true, while you are so phenomenal, and you're so good, and you're so rich, and you're so, you're so phenomenal that hey, it would be worth dumping our entire background just to have a piece of newspaper headline that says, Jesus is Lord. That is true. But Lord, like Paul, may we not be satisfied with the newspaper headline. May we, like Paul, just cry out and say, oh, that we would know you, the one true God. Oh, that we would experience you. Oh, that we would have relationship with you. Oh, that this year would be a year where we got to know you on a whole new level. And Lord, I do pray at the end of this year we would somehow know you far better than we know you even now. The intimacy that we have, the experience that we have with you, the participation that we have with you in a year from now is far better than we have now. So Lord, whatever is necessary to bring that about in our lives, Lord, we just oh, we want to surrender. Well, we want to confess. We we hey, we want to come to the foot of the cross. We want to. So Lord, if you need to embarrass us, hey, if you need to strip us down, hey, if you hey, whatever it is that you need to do in our lives, to bring about a greater encounter with you, to bring a, a to bring about a greater relationship with you, to bring about greater intimacy with you, hey, Lord, we're willing. Hey, we're all in. We're pressing in to know you. I always want to thank you that you haven't just given us a whole book full of information about you. You've given us yourself so we can actually know We love you, Jesus. Ah, you're so good. Just give you the praise and the glory. your precious, holy, powerful name we pray. Amen. Daily Thunder is a listener-supported production of Ellerslie Discipleship Training. At Ellerslie, we are laboring to rouse the Church of Jesus Christ out of its lethargy and build brave-hearted Christians for such a time as this. Daily Thunder is delivered live and streamed daily weekdays at 8.15 a.m. and weekends at 9.15 a.m join us at live.ellersley.com. We invite you to visit us at the beautiful Ellersley campus in Windsor, Colorado for a day, a week, or an entire season of gospel-centered spiritual training. Learn more at ellersley.com. Thanks for listening.